Hey guys, welcome to the show that gives you the tools you need to break through into all you were created to be, to live your life full of hope and purpose. I'm Pam Ramey, and Jesus Girls, let's find our role. Hey, 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 Jesus Girls, welcome back, and it is so good to have you here today. I'm Pam Ramey, and we've got an awesome show for you today, which is a um, continuation of the show that we had last time where we talked about how our identity can get so skewed by the world and the labels that this world places on us. And we're heading right back into that topic today. And some of the things that we can feel when our identity is misplaced. Uh, Back on the show, with me, I'm so excited, is my good friend Diane Partain. How are you, girlfriend? I'm doing wonderful, and I'm excited to be back. It I is, love this. It's so good to have you. And Diane is an author. Her book is called Transforming Grace, Knowing Your Identity in Christ. She's also a Bible scholar and an amazing mentor of countless women. And Last time on our show, so Jesus Girls, if you have not listened to our previous episode, 15, please go back and listen to that because that's really the first part of this show and our segue into this show where Diane, you shared with us some of your testimony and how you were living on the streets at the age of 16, how you were got involved in prostitution, in drugs, you were in and out of mental institutions, even as you were a Christian, and Mm. how, how it took you so many years to get free. And what comes to my mind is... And I think our listeners might be very interested to know what were some of those stumbling blocks you encountered that kept you from being able to fully walk into your identity and out of shame? Oh, gosh. Well, one of the major ones that I experienced is when I became a Christian, of course, I automatically wanted to go to a church Mm -hmm. because I felt like that's what you should do when you get born again. And I went to a church and immediately I was basically judged hmm. by them. I They knew a little bit of my past. I had shared it with them. I was pretty open. Mm-hmm. And instead of receiving um, any kind of love or acceptance, I ended up receiving like judgment and hmm. condemnation. Hmm. And to the point that in one of the churches that I went to is where I met my husband, my now husband. Mm-hmm. And when he had gone to the pastor to just say that he wanted to ask me for my hand in marriage the first thing the pastor said to him was you know where she came from you know what she's done why on earth would you want to marry her that is so sad and it's just heartbreaking you know my husband luckily didn't tell me that at the time (laughs) that's a very good thing (laughs) but uh, but there were other things i experienced Mm. even in that uh, just so much church hurt because there was a time that i shared with the um one of the pastor's daughters you know about Mm -hmm. my sexual identity confusion well Mm -hmm. i really shared it with the pastor i should Mm -hmm. say he shared it with his wife his wife shared it with the daughters and before i knew it everybody in the church just started acting like i had some kind of disease you know and i really felt so uncomfortable in a place that i should have felt 
warmth. I should have felt acceptance. I should have felt the love of the Father. And instead, I felt rejection. I felt shame. I felt Mm. condemnation. And I did not feel like I belonged. So I just basically left the church for the next 20-something years and tried to just, you know, just struggled and, and, you know, went through the process without being connected to the body. My goodness, that is something I think many people can relate to. I really do. I think there's so many people who have left the church over feeling judged. Oh, gosh, and, yes. you know, I think about that song that we sing, Come As You Are, yeah. <laughs> right? You know, in the church. But come not as really. <laughs> but, but not really, because unfortunately, right. in many churches, the second you fall or if you don't feel that that uh, picture of what you're supposed to look like that sometimes we do get condemned and continually reminded of our mistakes and how hurtful I mean what a twisted what a perverted message that you're being told come as you are yeah, and mm-hmm. then you do and everybody like loves you and accepts you supposedly but the mm-hmm. minute you encounter a, you know the minute you fall or the yeah. minute you have any kind of problem mm-hmm. it's like they just immediately like tell you what a sinner you are yeah you've backslidden God is upset with mm-hmm. you now mm-hmm. and it's like it's just crazy it's, or it's, remind you of every bad thing right, you've ever done right. and you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I once heard I mean, many years ago that the Christian army is the only one that just wow. shoots and annihilates their wounded. Wow, that is powerful. And it, powerful. And, and unfortunately, that's true. And I, I feel that as the body of Christ, God wants to break that off of us because in, until we can stop judging one another, Amen. people like... Like where you were at, Diane, and I was out of church for a while because of so much shame and condemnation. And I, you know, until we can truly embrace people where they are and love them with the love of the Father, a lot of people are going to stay away from being in the house of God, right? Right. And, you know, and the, 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 they will stay away. And the sad and tragic thing is, is they're going to find some kind of false acceptance in the world they'll find acceptance oh, acceptance yeah. in cults in in uh witch covenants i mean that's sad that those are areas that people will find ex- they will co- go and find acceptance there and feel more loved and valued there than they do in the body of christ in his mm, church I and mean, that should not be that is heartbreaking it's heartbreaking that is heartbreaking i i it mm-hmm. it you know just it breaks my heart to think that people would actually feel more loved out in the world mm-hmm. in in false in a false life and in things that are of the of the devil actually than feeling the love of the father that they should feel in a church that is that is so i mean it blows my mind it really does. yeah that is so true diane and I I remember going. You know, the church needs to get into those dark places, don't Amen. we, Diane? Amen. We've got to. We've got to. You know, kind of. We've got to move outside of these four Absolutely. walls because if we don't, I mean, there is a there is a dark, hurting world out there, and I, I think about the the story of the woman caught in the act of adultery, and they were ready to stone her to death, and. Jesus did the most remarkable thing. He stood right between her and her Ooh, accusers. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I love that picture so yeah. much. It actually puts a lump in my throat know, because it's, it's so beautiful because that's what Jesus does. Jesus, girls, Jesus stands between 
you and your accusers. Amen. And Diane, that's really what we as believers in Christ need to be doing for one another, right? Absolutely. Not be the first ones to throw the stones, but to, to be like Jesus and say, hey, wait a second. I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to help you get through this. I'm going to help you stand back up on your feet. Absolutely, because we're called we're, we're called to be like Jesus in mm-hmm. this world, and we need to stand for those that can't stand or are too ashamed to stand or feel too condemned yeah. and being persecuted and isolated and, and isolated pushed away and pushed away by by society and others. You mm-hmm. know, we need to stand and go. You know what? You're okay. You know, I mean, Jesus showed so much love in that standing between mm-hmm. her and her accusers. Mm-hmm. And um, we do, as a church, we need to be like that. As people, we need to be like that. And you know, the word that comes to my mind too, Diane, is we need to be safe. We need to be what? Safe. Yes. The church should be a safe place to go, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We should feel safe. We, when we go into church, we should actually feel warmth. We should feel love. We should feel like we've entered into our family because the church yes. is, we're, as the body of Christ, we're a family. Mm-hmm. And we should feel like we've, like these are our brothers and sisters, and we should feel loved and accepted, whether we're, you know, whether we're living right or not. That's beside mm-hmm. the point. You mm-hmm. know, Father, Father God, from for thousands of years, pursued us in relationships, you know, became flesh, sent Jesus to the Son, and died for us, and we were living in sin. He mm-hmm. didn't condemn us. No. He wasn't condemning us, and he wasn't pushing us away. In fact, he was pursuing us. He was coming with, after with us with his love. He was love. pursuing us. Mm-hmm. And we should pursue others with that love as well. We shouldn't ever push somebody away. That's not even being Christ-like. It's not being like our Father. Mm. You know, we should pursue people with love. That is such a good word. And, you know, it reminds me of uh, a, a story of when you invited me <laughs> yeah. and our worship pastor, Jana Jones, to go with you into a strip club. And uh, I'll tell you, we went into, we went partnering with victorious friends and Jesus girls, this was, I have to say for me, this was just a life changing event. It affected me so much that I, I think I told you, Diane, I cried for three days straight after this, but we went into this club and victorious friends, uh, all of these women get together and they make these amazing, beautiful, beautiful gift bags that have Mm -hmm. candles and perfume and lotions and they make jewelry. And I mean, these are nice bags. There's a Bible in every bag. There's just... It is, I was really blown away when I saw these bags because they're they're not just like a little trinket. They were, they're quite something, aren't they? Yes. So we went into the strip club and we, you know, walked into the back and I'll never forget Diane spending about 20 or 30 minutes speaking with this one woman Mm -hmm. who was completely nude the whole time I was speaking with her, 24 years old and said these words to me that broke me. She said, I feel invisible. I know. It's it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. It's she heartbreaking. said she said, I feel invisible. And she said, I she goes, please don't stop doing this ministry because even if we might act like we uh don't want you here, we want you here. Right. We care about what you have to what you're bringing to us. And she said, you know what? If somebody could just look at me and see me, is what she said, for three minutes, without looking away, 
without looking disgusted and without looking at their phone. Right. She said, that gives me life. That helps me to keep going. And see, and I love that because you were looking at her, what we Mm -hmm. do when we go in there, we're looking at them as the father's daughters. Mm -hmm. And that's the way that the father looks at him. He's like, these are his daughters. Some Mm -hmm. of them may know him. Some may have received Jesus. Some may not have, but regardless, Jesus died for the world, the world. And as far as the father is concerned, yeah, I'm going to get emotional too. Those are his daughters. Yeah. And he wants relationship with those mm-hmm. girls. Yeah. And, you know, we go in there and we go in there and just allow his love to flow yeah. to them. And it's amazing. It, the love that I can feel is when I'm ministering to them, the love of the father. Mm-hmm. I, sometimes I've felt his love more powerfully in a strip club than I have in churches or anywhere else. Mm. Mm. Because he truly loves those girls, and they feel that, and they it's like feel you're, it. you're not, and you're seeing them. You're not just out there. You're not. You're not looking at them for their physical body. You're not trying to pay them for whatever mm-hmm. for a private dance. But you're looking at them, their heart, and who they are, and that's the way the father is looking at them. <laughs> that is so beautiful. I remember that night, and that, this I do get was, a little emotional powerful. because it was such a. Because we were, we went into the dark place. We went into that dark place. And I'll tell you, I, I'm with you, Diane. I was so overwhelmed by the love of God that night. I was just so overwhelmed with the love of God. And I remember the bodyguard who actually walked yes. us back and Bill Brawley guy who walked us back, uh, you know, through the club and then into the dressing room at the end of the evening. I remember it was either you or Jana asked him if we could pray for him. And he said, well, you know, I've got to, I've got to go right now. I think he felt a little like embarrassed at the moment, but then he told us his name three or four times. And he goes, this is my name. Don't forget to pray for me. Please pray for me. And I thought the Holy spirit fell on that place and his love fell on that place. And even the bodyguard right. was touched by the love of God. Do you remember right. that? Yeah, I do. Most definitely there. There. And, and when you say that, I realize that, you know, God loves the men that are in that club too. Just oh, yes. as much as he loves yes. the, his daughters. He yes, loves he his does. sons that maybe have lost their way mm-hmm. and he loves them just as much. And that we, that was one of his sons. And he, he felt the love of the father when we came in there and those men do. I've had even some of the customers at times at one of them, made a joke one time, said, can I have a gift bag? And I'm like, sure. Well, he was so caught <laughs> off guard, <laughs> but it blessed him so much. And he felt so grateful that I gave him a gift bag and said, well, I don't know if he could use what was in there, but he just felt loved and blessed. <laughs> he felt he felt loved and blessed. And, you know, I, I love that Jesus was not afraid to go into the dark places, Diane. Thank thank the Lord. Otherwise, I would have never been reached. Amen. None of us would. You know, he, that's where he spent the lion's share of his time when he was walking on this earth. It was not, it was, it was in the dark places. It was, I mean, the first time I heard about Jesus was in jail, you know, Mm. was sitting in a jail cell and that's what they, this, you know, people would come in and minister and Mm -hmm. start talking about Jesus. And I'm thinking, I don't know who he is, but (laughs) you know, so we, we have got to get out of the four walls and go out because you know, what you were saying is key. Like most of these people won't feel comfortable going to a church because Mm -hmm. they don't feel the love of God. They feel judged. They feel like they're being pushed away. They Mm -hmm. feel like people are talking about them. They don't feel 
warm and they don't feel embraced. And, you know, it's not our business. It's not it's not for us to try to change anybody. Each person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. will work out their salvation with the Lord. And we need to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to these people, mm-hmm. to these girls, these daughters and sons, sons. who they yeah. are. Yeah. And it, the Holy Spirit, that's his job. He will mm-hmm. reveal it to them. What we need to do is be the love be of loved. the Father so that they'll actually want to be in relationship with God. Mm. I mean, if we don't allow the love of God to flow through us, then no one is going to want to draw near to God. No one will even know that he loves them. But it's that love, is his goodness, is goodness that brings. It's repentance. the goodness of God that yeah, that draws us. And you know, as you're saying that, Diane, I'm also thinking about. You know, I don't think we need someone to be reminding us of every oh. one of our mistakes because oh. I think we kind of already know that, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Because there's no one that could tell me that these girls grew up aspiring like, oh, I can't wait to grow up and be a stripper. That's I, exactly right. I want to feel right. so good about myself when mm-hmm. I get in those clubs. Mm-hmm. I mean. You know, they already don't feel okay about That's who they right. are. They already are dealing with uh, guilt, shame, and condemnation. Oh, they're already dealing with all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's why so many of them are like totally bloat, you know, intoxicated and high when they're there because they don't feel good about it. Mm-hmm. So they don't need to be reminded. Nobody needs, like you said, nobody ever needs to critique us about our failures and our shortcomings. That's right. Because in Christ, he says he's our sufficiency and in him we're sufficient. So we, we have been made whole in him and we don't need any people or anybody to remind us anything otherwise because that's against the word anyway and you know i that i i think back on the story of jesus standing between the woman and her accusers and he said you know let you who is without (laughs) sin throw that first stone and when they all left he looked at her and he said where are your accusers that was powerful too. that's so powerful he says neither do i yeah accuse you absolutely yeah because i think jesus is somewhere in john says that he came to the world not to judge it but to save it, and or I, I can't think how that's worded. But he did. He said, "I didn't come to the world world to judge, but that the world by through me might be saved." But the world, yes, and that it's the word that will judge. It's the so word, it's not yeah. us. We're not supposed to be going around judging. And thank you for filling in that last part of that scripture. You know, I'm, <laughs> thank, thank you, I girl. knew you already had that, but <laughs> no, I needed that help. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because you helped me so much, but. I love that I think the church is waking up, Diane. I do, and I feel blessed that we go, personally, we go to a church that lets people come as they are. They Amen. don't try to change them. They mm-hmm. just love them. They just keep loving them, and eventually you'll see change. We've seen that. We've seen that demonstrated, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of churches like that. Yeah. Uh, either you know, There's churches that either um, can condone like just living any which way that it's all good god Mm -hmm. loves it all or they are pushing you away and condemning Mm -hmm. you and the right way is just to love just to just to be the love of the father and and to speak the truth but be in love Mm -hmm. always love because his love is perfect right it is and it's made perfect in us amen girl yeah nothing greater than his love wow diane i i i would love for you we we you know we really we talk we do we always do a declaration and we're going to do a declaration but i was wondering you have such a gift of impartation if you could just say a prayer over our jesus girls and our jesus boys whoever is listening to this 
just to break shame off of them. I, I think God doesn't want us walking around no, in shame. He, he He didn't put shame on us. And and if you and and if you have been hurt by other believers or in the church, know that. That's not Jesus. That's not the Father, and that's not Jesus. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's not the no. Father. That's not Jesus. So could you just break, sh- let's just break some shame off right now, Diane. Okay. Well, Father, we, we thank you so much that in Christ that we have been made perfect, that we have been put in right standing with you, and because of his blood, because of his work, we have become a brand new creation. Mm-hmm. We are not what we think. Mm-hmm. We are what your word says we are, and that is in That's right. ra- the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so we thank you right now. I break off the mindset that people are what they think they are, mm-hmm. because you are not what you think you are. You are what God says you are. Oh, that's good. Amen. And he says that you are pure, that you are holy, that you are righteous, and that you are his, <laughs> and you are loved, and you are cherished. Loved, cherished. And Father, we thank you right now. We just, we just, um, please, you know, the blood covers, I just want to say the blood covers your past. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have, the enemy will try to get you to recall your past. He'll try to keep you to hold on to your past, but your past is underneath the blood of Jesus. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And so Father, we thank you, Jesus, that your blood covered every sin. You said that it covers all of our sin mm-hmm. and that you, and Father, you've chosen no longer to remember our sin. That's even like, that's amazing. to me, that's Thank amazing you, that God yes. creator of all the world has chosen not to remember our sin. Mm. So if God almighty is not remembering our sin, you do not need to remember your sin. Mm. And Father, we just thank you right now that people will have a revelation of your love, yeah. that they will begin to experience your just your love for them and that pursuit that you've had for them since before time. Mm. You love them as a daughter. You love them as a son. You do not. You put you, Jesus, you took the guilt. You took the shame. Mm -hmm. You took everything upon you and you paid the price. You, you did what needed to be done Mm -hmm. so that in you, that we would be put into right standing with God, the father, that we are brand new creations, that we are no longer the person we used to be. Mm -hmm. And I just break off the strongholds, of on people's lives that are trying to keep them bound up to what they used to be and that they will have a revelation that they have been made a brand new creation in you, Jesus. They are not the same. There is nothing Mm. about them as the same. They are no longer a slave to sin and guilt. They are no longer a slave to sin. They have been made free. Mm -hmm. And so father, we thank you right now. And father, I pray that you will help them to be patient with yourself and to realize that you are the one that is doing the work in them mm-hmm. and that you yeah. are the one that will continue. You call it in Philippians 1 and 6, you you call it a good work, that you will continue <laughs> that good work until yeah. the day of Jesus Christ. That means until the day Jesus comes to get his church, or that means until you go home to be with Jesus. Mm-hmm. But God is the one that is doing the work in you, and it is a so good work. Awesome. And Amen. he will finish it, and he will complete it. You do not need to feel pressured. You do not need to try to do it yourself. Mm. Just press into him, allow his love, because his love will completely transform you. Amen. Yeah. And so we thank you right now, Father God, we just break off the shame is of the of the devil shame is of satan shame is god has never put shame on you he does not want you to experience shame so we just break that off in the Mm -hmm. name of jesus jesus 
Amen. Whew, that was powerful. That was so powerful. And, you know, Jesus Girls, we're going to make a declaration over this right now. And remember, when we make a declaration, we are drawing a line in the sand. Amen. We are saying, thus far and no more. This is the way I'm going to believe. This is how I'm going to speak over myself because your words are packed with power. And they are containers of power. And you send them forth as seeds Amen. to ultimately produce a harvest. So, Diane, you're going to read our declaration. Okay. And Jesus, girls, we're going to repeat out loud. Don't just think it. Speak it out loud. Okay. Wiggle your lips. And let's make this declaration over our lives. Yes. And speak it boldly and confidently. Boldly this is and who confident. you are. I declare that I abide in Jesus and he stands between me and my accusers. <laughs> I love it. I declare that I abide in Jesus and he stands between me and my accusers. I declare that the blood of Jesus is sufficient for me. I be- declare the blood of Jesus is sufficient for me. So I will not, absolutely not live my life in shame. So I will not absolutely not live my life in shame. All right. That is a great declaration. And girls, we're not living in shame. Amen. We're not going there. Don't do it. We're not going there. And I have to tell you something uh, that Diane knows, but when I heard Diane's testimony for the first time a couple of years ago, I was really dealing with some shame in some areas and had, you know, somebody in my life that was constantly reminding me why I should be in shame. And I heard Diane's testimony and I said, man, I am not walking in shame anymore. (laughs) But you know what? That your testimony helped to set me free, Diane. And so I... Girls, I hope that that's where you're at today. I hope that this sets you free because God does not want you to be walking in shame. Amen. Amen. And so, Diane, how can our listeners find your book? Um, Can you actually spell your name for us? Okay. My name is Diane with two N's. It's D-I-A-N-N-E, Partain, P-A-R-T-A-I-N. And the book is Transforming Grace, Discovering Your Identity in Christ, and it can be found on Amazon. So there you go. And, you know, pick up that book. Pick up that book. It will encourage you. And before we head out today, I promise that, well, I always like to give you a really great exercise. And I don't think at the onset of this show, I told you what it was going to be. But this is a great exercise that you can do to strengthen your low back. It's good for just balancing out your spine in general. And I have to say just a quick little testimony about this particular exercise is God used this exercise to keep me from having back surgery, which I was completely not going to do anyway. Oh yeah. So he gave me this exercise and it's called a bird dog. Some of you, I know there we go. Bird dog. Just think. Yeah. But sometimes it's referred to as opposing limb lift, but here's how you do this. You're going to get, (laughs) you're going to get down on the floor on your hands and knees. Okay. Uh, Shoelaces down. 
So even if you're barefoot, just think the tops of your feet are going to be down. You're going to stack your wrists directly under your shoulders and you're going to stack your knees directly under your hips. Then you're going to reach out with your right arm. Don't worry about height. Just think about length. Like you're trying to reach the wall on the other side of the room beyond your fingertips. And then with your right arm reaching, you're going to take your left leg and reach it out behind you, trying to touch the wall behind you with your toes. So if you visualize somebody gently, you know, pulling on your wrist and your ankle because you want length and you're going to hold that one, one thousand to one thousand, and then you're going to Come right back to your starting position. And then let's go to the other side where you reach your left arm out and then you reach your right leg out. And, you know, actually a great way to start this, if it's difficult to find your balance, is maybe instead of starting with the arms, just send that right leg out first, get get your balance established, and then reach out the arm. That's probably a better way to do that. But you can do it either way. But probably if you're struggling with balance a little bit, start with the leg, get that length in there, reestablish your balance. It has to, your core muscles have to switch on for you to be able to do this. So, and then again, hold it one, 1,000 to 1,000. Now this exercise helps to balance out Mm. the muscles Uh, at the base of your spine most specifically and those are called your spinal erectors but it helps to strengthen those muscles and that helps to strengthen your lower back and that's where a lot of people can kind of take a hit with their back right lower back absolutely yeah because we're you know we it our back takes a lot of pressure a lot of nerves there or something well and then also you think about as far as your your rib cage only goes down so far so where your rib cage is it's protecting you know as we call it our vest of support so that vest of support does you know uh protect all of our internal organs and our upper back. But then you get down into that area where there is no rib cage. That's right. So it does not have the (laughs) same kind of support. So this exercise, bird dog opposing limb lift, helps to strengthen. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the name. And I want you to know, Diane, I did not come up with that name. Okay, good. (laughs) I'm surprised. (laughs) I know it, it is a little bit surprising. Girls, I'll tell you, if you have a special prayer request, I love that you prayed over us today, Diane. That was really powerful. And if you have a prayer request, send that to us at prayer at jesusgirlroar.com. Prayer at jesusgirlroar.com. Because our commitment is to cover you in prayer. And then we're going to write you back. And we're going to give you some encouraging words. If God gives us a word for you, we're going to give you that word. But we want you to be covered in prayer. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really exciting. And every take advantage of it, people take advantage of it. Take advantage of it uh, because we we prayer works, right? Prayer is powerful. Prayer works. Yes, it does. Everybody needs prayer. Them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, send us your prayer requests, and you know we're constantly learning new ways to find our roar, our voice in Jesus, the power and the authority that he has placed on the inside of us. And this week, it has been knowing how to walk out of shame and that if you're feeling shame, 
It is not coming from God. Absolutely. That's right, Amen. right. Absolutely. Please like our show uh, at JesusGirlRoar.com and go encourage somebody that you know who needs to be encouraged and by sharing this broadcast with them. We love you. Jesus is crazy about you. Yes, and we can't wait to see you next time on Jesus Girl Roar. Jesus Girl Roar.